peace of our Lord be with you. There is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer servant or free. There is no longer male and female. For all of you are one in Christ Jesus. Every three years, when the lectionary asks the church throughout the world, to read those words on this Sunday, I am reminded that in the world of first century Galatia, if a woman had said in the baptized family of faith, there is no longer male and female, it would have been just as true but some might have dismissed it by saying, well, of course you would say that. You need more rights. Or if a servant had said, in the baptized family of faith, there is no longer servant or free, it would have been just as true. But people might have dismissed it by saying, well, of course you would say that. You need more freedom. Which is why it was so important and absolutely necessary for Paul, a free male Jew, to say, that in the baptized family of faith, there is no longer Jew or Gentile, servant or free, male and female, because in first century Galatia, Paul was speaking from the more privileged and powerful side of that short list of human differences. To sit with that again this week took me back to some of my own moments of similar necessary responsibility. For example, in the religious world in which I grew up, the voices of women were not welcome in the pulpit of the church. As a result, though it saddens me greatly to say it, since that was all that I had ever been taught as a child, it was all I knew to think or say as a young adult. But then, one day, while reading this morning's epistle passage, it occurred to me that if we were not going to ordain women, then we should never have started baptizing girls. Because according to Galatians 3.28, in the baptized family of faith, 
There is no longer male and female in any way that creates anything like second-class citizens in the family of faith. So, of course, we ordain women because we baptize girls. And like Paul in first-century Galatia, once I came to see that, I then had a special and necessary responsibility to say that for the same reason that as a person whose skin is white, I live with a special and necessary responsibility to say that white supremacy is sin for the same reason that when I got up on August the 8th, 2019, it was my job to get in my car and go to Canton and say to anyone who would listen, porque toda la tierra en el mundo es del Dios, en los ojos del Dios todos nosotros son inmigrantes. Levitico 25, 23, where the book of Leviticus says, because all the land in the world belongs to God, in the eyes of God, we are all immigrants. The same reason why way back in 2013, it was my job to say that single simple sentence that for as long as there have been persons on this planet, some persons have discovered that they were drawn to persons of their same sex, which is a human difference, not a spiritual sin. And why is that my necessary responsibility for exactly the same reason that it was Paul's necessary and particular responsibility to say in first century Galatia, there is no longer Jew or Greek, there is no longer servant or free, there is no longer male and female because like Paul when Paul was born in first century Galatia, when I was born in 1955 in Macon, Georgia, despite the fact that I was born into a family with no social standing and no economic advantage, I was born on the powerful, comfortable, easy side of every human difference you can name. And therefore, it became my particular and necessary responsibility, the same as it was Paul's in Galatia, to live a life of sacred human solidarity, a 
the kind of life our Lord Jesus embodied throughout the four Gospels by getting up every morning and sitting down with and standing up for whoever was most marginalized and voiceless, which is what Paul did in today's Gospel lesson and which, in my experience, is what all of us do, all of us do, in those moments in our lives when we are most filled with the Holy Spirit because the deeper we go in our life with the Spirit, the wider we grow in our embrace of the world. Children of God, you do not need for me to tell you that this is a season of great pain in the world. From a store in Buffalo to a church in Sacramento, from a school in Uvalde to a war in Ukraine, from Bailey Avenue in Jackson where little Mariah Lacey lost her life at the beginning of this week, to St. Stephen's Episcopal Church in Vestavia Hills, Alabama, where Jane Pound, Walter Rainey, and Sarah Yeager lost their lives at a church potluck at the end of the week. One of the ways the church can help to lift and heal this still beautiful but badly broken world is by forming people to be mindful of and sensitive to all who live on the hard side of life, working to make the world more gentle, welcoming, and kind. To live in that way is to be Christian. As our beloved friend, Glenda Curry, the Episcopal Bishop of Alabama, said this week, in the aftermath of that horrific tragedy at St. Stephen's, when asked by a newspaper reporter, don't you fear that people will feel too vulnerable to go back to church? This Sunday, Glenda said, we open our lives and our hearts to the world and we welcome everyone because we are followers of Jesus.
because we are followers of Jesus. That is what we do. Because that is who we are. And the deeper we go in our life with Jesus, the wider we grow in our embrace of the world together.